This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, I've had a lot of time over the weekend to think about everything that we talked about last week. Of course, the, okay. the Ben Roethlisberger deal going down, the Steelers getting under the salary cap. And I'm doing some reading and research and, and some things of that nature. And um, I, I really think that when the Steelers, the Steelers are in a situation here where people talk about, um, you know, the Steelers – the best player available versus the the needs, needs or, and yeah, those kind yeah, yeah. of things. The Steelers are kind of in a situation this year. They got they've got Ben Roethlisberger coming back for one season. Yes, and that's it. It's no, one sure, it's sure. one year, and that is it. It's done. Um, and so they're in a situation. It's kind of the perfect storm where the need versus the best player available versus. Win Building now, for the future yeah. Versus now, it's a real. It's all crossroads. Yeah, it's all right here in front of them. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting off season and season. I think. Yeah. For me, I mean, your biggest your biggest needs on this team are offensive linemen and a running back. Agreed. Right. But those also are long term needs. They that's are. Not, that's not just right. a short. That's not, not just a hey win right. now kind of thing. You need that for the long term as well because two years from now, when you're when you're breaking in a new quarterback. Nice Whoever it would game. be, yeah, it'd be nice to have a running game. It'd be yeah. nice to have an offensive line to block for. Him. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no question about it. And that helps you win for today. Too. And it also I helps mean, win now. In a way, the worlds are colliding, in a good way, right? For that way, because you can probably do a little bit of all the above. You know, I mean, usually when you try to ride the fence between the future and now in sports, or especially football, because I don't know anything about the other sports, it's really hard to do. And that doesn't mean they're going to be a Super Bowl, you know, champion next year, but you can kind of do both you know prepare for the next quarterback not even knowing who that person is while making you better today it's kind of an interesting situation it is and and uh, i wanted to really talk about that even more in this segment of, of the drive uh, of course you can follow us uh you know wherever you can subscribe to to uh wherever you subscribe to your podcast sure, please sure. please do that subscribe to subscribe to all the uh, Steelers Nation radio podcasts but uh, especially this one well, leave <laughs> um, us a good review while you're at it absolutely leave us a good review uh but you know it, we've seen in the past where the Steelers would take a high upside guy in the first round right right uh, a Bud Dupree mm-hmm. uh, you take a chance on an Artie Burns well he's you know he's He's not a finished product yet. We think he, he's but, young, but he, you know, he's still all along and yeah. athletic, and we'll turn him into something. Hopefully, right, turn right, yeah, right. turn him into something. This isn't a year to do that, but I, I don't know that right. you have to do that as much with running backs and offensive linemen necessarily. Well, I think the tackle offensive could be line's that a little guy. different. Yeah, I think if you're going to take a tackle high, a day one or two guy, he could be a swing for the fences type, a Cosme. Or, but here's know, the here's the like problem that. with some of these guys is that a lot of them like. Jalen Mayfield mm-hmm. or uh, the kid from uh, Tevin uh, Jenkins. Yeah, right, right, right. Opted out. Well, yeah. So you've you've seen uh, like 
Mayfield's only played 15 college games. Mm-hmm. He's There's not a fin- to go He's on. nowhere near a finished product. Right. You're 100% true. And there's going to be a lot of prospects. This so, do year. you, you know, because there's so many at that position, do you, okay, well, these are the guys who are rated here, but uh, there's, a, there's a lot of unknown there. And we heard Kevin Colbert say last summer when we, t- when we spoke to him, uh, this was before any of the opt outs happened, that, you know, they would look at the guys who opted out a little bit differently because they didn't have tape on them. Sure. So question, right. the guys, uh, Walker Little, for example, oh, a, a really bunch. There's brutal, a bunch right? of offensive tackles in this in this draft class that opted out this year. Uh, you know that, that you really don't know much about in terms of okay, how did he progress? How how much stronger did he get? Did he improve his footwork from from two years ago? What kind of you shape have no is idea. he in now? Like, yeah, you know, I mean, like um, it's, it's funny. Like uh, for our triple take series, I was really digging into defensive linemen this weekend and. Um, the LSU Shelvin, yeah, he opted out this year. I mean, he's an old school nose tackle. He's a huge human being, monster. And obviously, they're gonna someone's gonna see him between now and then, and they'll say they'll put him on a scale. But what's he been doing? You know, like right. one of his big knocks is conditioning, weight. You know, he may have, you know, he took the year off. He may have spent that entire year in the gym, for all we know. He might be or in the weight room, right? Or he might have got to three eighty and right. then trimmed it back, or you know what I mean? Like, there's no progress reports. And you know, I was paying attention to Rousseau, the the edge guy. Right, he's a receiver turned defensive end. Unbelievably athletic. Unbelievably athletic. Had a monster year as a new defensive end, basically, and then opts out all year. Yeah. And his teammate tears it up at Miami. You know, who transfers from UCLA. I mean, like, it's a hard process. You know, unwinding all these things. I did see something, uh, I can't remember exactly where I saw it. It might have been in Peter King's piece uh, today where um, I think they, uh, he was talking to Daniel Jeremiah, and Jeremiah said he only has 24 players with first-round grades. Okay. See, and, I, that's the first I heard that. And then, and then there's about – and most of those are offensive players. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's not many of the there's, edge guys. The, the, yeah, the defensive the guys years. aren't as good this year. No, that's not as great. I class. mean, even if you look at the uh, no tackles, you look at the defensive tackles. The kid from Alabama, Barmore, right? wasn't even a starter for Alabama. Mm-hmm. He was a, he was a rotational player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. you, I mean, can you take him in the first round as, as a rotational? They didn't start him in his own in college. I mean, any other school would be a starter. Absolutely, but, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one starters. So yeah, right. I mean. What's I he going to do when he has to play sixty snaps in a game? He's never done it. He's never done it. And why would they even ask him? Because they got a five star behind right. him, and yeah, you know, all the all that. Yeah, it, it's going to be really intriguing. And let alone trying to evaluate quarterbacks. I mean, Trey Lance is a ridiculous one. Yeah, Mac Jones is the opposite spectrum, but he's a one year starter on a loaded right. team. You know what I mean? Like, wow. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm like betting Lawrence I could complete. I could have completed fifty percent of my passes throwing to those guys. Sure, sure. Because <laughs> they were that open, and, and the, yeah, I, right, I had, right. Not to worry about getting hit. Exactly. I mean, so really difficult. And I could see some teams saying. I'm trading out, you know, or I'm trading back, and I just want a lot of picks and see what happens, or I want picks for next year. But I also could see teams saying, I'm pretty confident in our board, and if it's a buyer's market, there's going to be three or four dudes with first-round grades or top 50 grades that are there at the end of the third round. Well, I just thought, I mean? I thought it was interesting that he said 24 players. See, I don't know how to take that, because usually there's like 15 or 16. Yeah. Or is he looking at it from a media perspective of, I'm going to put 32 out there because... But really, tw- there are 24 guys who are sure first-round yeah, guys. And then right, the rest right, of right. it after that is... I don't know how to take that statement from Jeremiah. Is that a big number? 
because most years there's only 14, 15, 16. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess we could probably come up with 24 names that we're pretty confident will be first-rounders. But does that mean they're true first-rounders any year? You know but, I mean? and, and as we talked about two weeks ago, we can come up with 24 players who are first-rounders, but do they fit what the Steelers do? Like, as much as you like Russo as a prospect, he doesn't mm-hmm. fit what the Steelers do. No, right, right, right. I mean, he's interesting for a lot of different reasons. But I hadn't thought of – I assume that 24 number is interesting because the Steelers pick 24. It just right. dawned on me. Okay, yeah. Matt. Uh, <laughs> So you would, th- so they'll get one if they want, but the chances of it matching the need. Or what? What if it's a guy again? What if it is uh, uh, Tevin Jenkins mm-hmm. who opted out last year, and they say, "Well, we, we really don't want to take an opt out guy in the first round because we don't know. We don't know enough. About we don't know him. enough right. about him. He didn't play last year. Right. I mean, I know recruiting's a lot different than college, but the younger these people are, the more variance they have year to year. Their physical development, their mental development. Right. You know, what I mean, <laughs> we've only been away from home for a couple of years. You know, football, football is a game that you don't get any better at not playing it. No, I would. Like think you can not. get better at baseball, working out on your own. I would think you come you back know. bigger, faster, stronger, whatever. You right. can you can exactly. go take lessons and you know, or sure. hit off a tee and, and improve your or game. If you're a pitcher, you could probably. How you getting throw. better blocking somebody if you're not doing it? Yeah, I mean, you could hit a sled in your backyard, and it's still not going to make you that much. <laughs> it doesn't better. make you right. any, hold the edge any better. No, it's great. Things point. of that nature, the speed of the game. Or as a quarterback like Trey Lance, you didn't learn to read defenses any better on the fly. No. I mean, you could sit in the film room and go, okay, I see this. But what happens when when you're on the field and and you've got an end coming at you and you've got to make a decision yeah. now? Yeah, oh, 100% true. You know, like there's been a lot of talk that Lance, as soon as his his college career was officially over, as you would imagine, he's a first-round quarterback, has been with quarterback gurus left and right, and he is learning like crazy, and he's supposedly very smart. But that's a lot different than giving me 10 games – against even bad competition. Right. I mean, at least you're playing and you're the dominant player on the field. And, I mean, it's not to this point yet, but it won't be long that those guys will all be doing virtual reality stuff and it won't be quite the same either. You're not right. getting hit and the pressure and all that. But at least it'd be something you could show people. Or I don't know. I mean, I don't envy the talent evaluators this year whose jobs are on the line in particular. You know, the Bears who need to find a quarterback and – you know, everyone's getting fired if you don't. Or, you know what I yeah. mean? Teams like that. So it brings me back to our, our, my original thought. Is this a year you you're, you happily take doubles? You don't swing for the fences on a lot of stuff. You just say, okay, yeah. we're in a win-now mode. Mm-hmm. Our quarterback's coming back for his last year. We'd like to get some pieces around him that, that we, we, count we, on for... we saw this with the Steelers a little bit last year where they drafted the older players. Oh, for sure. You know, they, they there was a, a concerted effort there. They didn't take under. They usually take a lot of underclassmen. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that last year. I also thought it wasn't wasn't a terrible year not to have a first round pick either. Yeah. You know, just because you you have the bird in the hand in Minka as opposed to what might we get. It, it, yeah. you know, it's even run. more so this year. Even more so this year. Yeah, I think it's hundred percent true. I wonder, will there be another trend of Steelers taking older players? Or players with a lot of tape. I, I think that's going to be the thing. guys who have a, who a they have a lot the most information on because mm-hmm. you, there's less chance for a mistake. Yeah, and again, doubles are fine, especially. I mean, if you're going to have a third round player that's a starter for you on cheap labor for three of his four years, he's under contract. There's a lot of value in that. You know, yeah. at any position. I mean, you can swing for the fences, and even like T.J. Watt was kind of a a swing for the fence in some. 
yeah. in some ways because he only had, he had only started really one year mm-hmm. in college. Yeah, that's a good point. And he, he had moved from tight end, so you know the upside potential was there. Sure, he, he had some ideas of what he might be. But you didn't watch three years of tape. But yeah, he, he, right. it's not like you got to see him all three years or four years. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, yeah, he, you know, he's here's where he started at, and here's where he's at. You got to see basically one year of here's where he's at. Yeah, <laughs> I keep going back to these edge rushers because they're fresh on my mind. But like away from Penn State, he started playing football like three years ago. Yeah, you know, the more I looked at him, he's one that I'm like, okay, where's the production? It isn't there. There's none there. I mean, he didn't have a sack this year. He didn't have a sack this year, right. I can't take a, him in the first round. He's a super athlete, and he's he really have long. He didn't have a sack. A sack, right. <laughs> I mean, how do you uh, – I don't care I what kind time. of athlete you are. We talked uh, – finishing is a big part of it. It is. It is. I mean, there's an art to putting the quarterback on the <laughs> I mean, ground. Right. If I'm and picking, between, in, if I'm picking between a guy who had no sacks in college and a guy who had who had 10 sacks in college – Mm-hmm. I don't care if the if the guy who had no sacks is the best athlete that I've ever seen. He didn't do it. It didn't he, translate. He didn't do it right. It's, I have a problem taking that guy over the guy who had ten. And now sometimes can, you get you get screwed with that. You know sometimes you get the the you pass on a star. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But a lot of it too, and I think this is a Steeler advantage, is knowing your coaching staff is boy. We have a history of taking those guys and turning them into players if they can do X, Y, and Z. You know. If he can find the football and we just need to teach him a second pass rush move or how to read play action better or splits or whatever, something he's given away. or And I'm not condemning the, the offensive line coaches since Munchak, but if you had Munchak here with his history of developing amazing offensive linemen, maybe you take fourth and fifth round high upside tackles instead of the double in the first round and just say munch here's some bunch of clay build me yeah. something you know what i mean give me, give or if me you if you have when, when you have a a team that has a lot of depth you're you're, you're set with your starters mm-hmm. and you you know you're just drafting for the, for the future you can afford to do that you can mm-hmm. okay we got this guy for two more years we're going to draft this guy now hopefully in those by the third year he's ready to step in and he might be a, a star or even yeah. two years down the road and the Steelers have had that luxury and that history for a long time especially in the LeBeau defenses and right. you know we, we can take some guy for two years down the road draft fifth round corners with length and if one of them hits we don't need him for two years anyway or all the edge rushers they used to bring in after one after another because no one else would run a three. And they always sat know? the first year. Always. They always sat. Yeah, yeah, maybe they could play on special teams or whatever. Times have changed quick. It's hard to get away with that nowadays. But I wonder, back to your original conversation, though, about the Steelers, I think a back, a center, linebackers, you know, peripheral needs, or, you know, high, high, high needs. Doubles are great, but I wonder if the tackle they would – be more developmental swing for the fences guy if banners under contract potentially yeah i mean i think there is some potential there for that um but do you do that in the first round i don't know that's the question like do you you take a for example a jalen mayfield with 15 career starts and say okay we think he could be pretty good right um but not we don't need him now but maybe not right now and boy your next quarterback might really appreciate it yeah but in the meantime, this quarterback might not. <laughs> you know, <you're laughs> if right. he's forced to play. If he's forced to, or, yeah. or because you didn't take something else, you know, because you got shorted the running back, or you know, you end up going with defense with your second pick, and all of a sudden the offense didn't get a shot in the arm that it needed this year. You know. Yeah, I, I just it's think an it's an interesting balance, though. I, really I think it's I think it's different than what we've seen in years past, where mm-hmm. um, you know maybe not so much last year because they did not they didn't draft guys necessarily for need last year. 
but they did. No, like they knew Highsmith's time was right. The plan they place, didn't need those guys you know, right. immediately. The fact that they were able to play immediately was mm-hmm. a bonus. Oh, absolutely. Whereas this year, you're, you know, you're taking some guys where okay, you, if you take a running back, that guy's going to need to start. I mean, just think of the team a year. I haven't thought about this in a while, but think of the team now versus one year ago. Obviously, Kevin and company were like, it's going to be tough to bring back Juju and Bud. You yeah, know, they're very good players. They've had success in this league. They're getting better. We love them, hate them. It doesn't matter. They're going to be tough to bring back. Our first two picks should be in that neighborhood. No shock. That's what they did. And both those guys saw the field and got a chance to prove themselves even without a preseason. This year, when you look at quarterback aside, because that's its own animal, I don't know that there's as many of those where this guy's going to be up a year from now. We better draft a third-round corner, maybe a corner. Well, realistically, know? I mean, it's every, they've, they've got kind of everything. They've got 19 guys under contract for next mm-hmm. year. So, yeah, you could go anywhere in terms of that. But the cap's so much different a year ago to now versus now from a year forward. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's going to be tough against it. We've paid Ben a lot of money. Juju's going to be expensive. Bud's going to be expensive. You're always going to have the Alualus and Suttons. But the big thick picture, guys that get you third-round picks back for, you know, those right. type of guys. Like, next year, if someone emerges in that group, you assume Watt's already t- signed up, which you can afford them, though. You right, know, that's the difference. You don't have to draft his successor. You could keep him. You right. keep the player. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that, that changes the philosophy quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Which um, makes you live for today a little bit more if you want. Again, or yeah, build you're, a running li- game or, you you're know. living for today. And if you want to build a running game, um, and, and we're going to have uh, some people on later in the week to talk a little bit more about this perhaps. But uh, I keep coming back to you, take, you just take the running back. Yeah, I, I hear That's you. the immediate – I mean, if you're looking for the immediate fix to your run game, mm-hmm. you take the running back. Because even a tackle, which by far tackles have way more value than running backs in the scheme of the world. But unless it's Derisaw, or even if it is, I mean, does he start day one? Maybe. Maybe. Or, you does know, Mayfield? Again, does... I come back to I think there's three tackles in this draft that, that you just sprint to the to the podium. Sure. It's Derisaw, Slater, uh, Slater and, and Sewell. And, and, yeah. And outside of that, I don't know that you're going to have those guys that much more highly graded than – there's is the fourth guy versus the eighth guy that much different. Yeah, right, I just right. don't know that the difference is that great. And then, and then you add in the fact that a lot of those guys don't have a lot of experience in mm-hmm. terms of either they opted out last year or they were a one year starter or two year. You know, there's just not yeah. that much there to to say. Oh, I got to take that guy. Yeah, one of the big arguments of why you don't take an, a, a running back early and like Barkley's a great example. And none of these guys in this draft are as good as Saquon Barkley. Don't get me wrong, but if you draft Barkley, the running back market is so depressed that if you draft Barkley in the top five, he's one of the highest paid running backs in the league already, which isn't the case for tackles and quarterbacks and all that. So economically, it's not particularly smart because it, you're not getting as much of a discount of veteran versus rookie at that position as you do others. You know, you're paying a first round ticket no matter. Whoever you take at 24, you're paying the same amount. Right. You know, where you could go get Aaron Jones cheaper than you can get Dak Prescott, you know, or right. whoever the best tackle in the market is. You know what I mean? But you don't want to pay for running back. I mean, if, if you're in the if you're in the, of the thought that, hey, I don't want to pay for the running back position. Right. 
the twenty fourth you know. pick isn't that bad though. No, you know and then he's I mean? he's like, making two million dollars a year. Yeah, you know, it's different if you're in the top five. Yeah. I don't think it holds as much water in the second half of the first round. But that's one of the analytic people's way of saying not to take running backs high because the cost is a big is a much bigger bigger deal. I mean, you're buying a cheap position. You are, yeah, but it's you know, and, and I and I get the argument. Well, running backs, you can find running backs anywhere. That's great unless you don't have one. And I don't know that you can find running backs anywhere in this class. You know, every class is yeah. different. You can have your guidelines, but don't make them rules. Where there's only one running back in this class that you think fits the bill, and he's there, and there's ten tackles. I, I know it's a little less extreme than that. We'll take the running back. I mean, but if nine out of ten years, there's if it's last year and there's Dobbins and Acres and Taylor. And they're all the same to you. Well, then don't do it, obviously. But this class pushes me towards running back right off the bat. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, the more I, I research it, the more I think about it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm with you on that. You know, you typically like last year. You know, second round was the spot to get a running back. Yeah, there's guys. Well, this year it's the first. This year it's the first, or it's not. Or this year it's it's pick, second this year it's picks twenty through forty. Yeah, somewhere in that range. There's only one of them, right? <laughs> As we stand today, yeah. right? I mean, that could be trading down from t- to twenty eighth and pick up a little something, or probably not going to trade up in round two. You know, I mean, unless you're going to deal a future pick. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. But you know, that's expensive. You that's know? expensive. Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I'm shocked that I am leaning that way because the way I've been taught and everything, all the research, but that's very macro. I mean, that's yeah. very big you got to be flexible. Stuff. You, you have to be, be flexible. I right? wrote that, I wrote something last week on, on DKPittsburghSports.com, and when I first when I first made, when I did my first mock draft a month ago, I said, hey, look, if, if somebody asked me, well, if the offensive tackle's available or the running back's available, which way do you go? I said, well, I said you always go for the, for the offensive tackle. Yeah, right, right. Except <laughs> this year, perhaps. Right, right. I mean, because there, I mean, the more I've done mock drafts and the more I've, I've researched this, I mean, there are 15 tackles in this draft that I'd be perfectly okay with getting. Yep. There's there are three running backs, and the Steelers don't even have a Chooks or Banner at running back. No, <laughs> you know, I mean, no, a, a young guy that's right. decent, ascending, you, you can and can, can hold the position down. Right. I just don't see it. They don't have that guy. You know, I mean. Uh, and if you're going to go get someone from outside the team, you'll get a good deal if you wait, but you'll probably get your fourth pick. Right. You know what I mean? Like and it's not going to be a game changer. He's not going to be a game changer. I mean, at best, you're going to get Jamal Williams or somebody like that, and you might settle for Hyde. And is that really much better than what you've been playing with? Yeah. I mean, you want to yeah. upgrade the position. You want right. you know, you to make things as easy as possible, not just on Ben Roethlisberger in 2021, 2022 guy. But whoever that new quarterback is, right. whether it be a rookie who's definitely going to need a running game. Oh, yeah. Or a veteran guy. You Again, you want to make this easy on them. That uh, The easiest way to transition to that new quarterback is for him to be able to hand the ball to whoever that, that young running back is. Oh, right. You know, I mean, if you're a free agent, it makes you more appealing. If you're a trade candidate with a no-trade clause, well, I'll go to Pittsburgh or, or you know um, – I, I, I'm going to talk about this a lot, but and I don't mean to just throw this year around, away, but I am super excited to have these conversations with you a year from now. And if we are having these sort of conversations a year from now, and we're and one thing we can just already if we say over and over is, boy, the Steelers, Najee Harris or Javante Williams, they had 1,200 yards and caught 30 balls and 
were a fantasy asset and have one year of under their belt and we can trust them and they're going to be a foundational player. Like, that's a nice way to talk about a, a landing it's spot. It's a big chunk of right. your off. Like, if you get a, a, a running back who provides 1,500 total yards. Yeah, right, right. That's a nice part of you. That's a nice chunk of your offense. And the Steelers haven't had that. They haven't had it in a long time. And you would think Ben would be very happy to accept that as well. Take it, you know, he becomes more efficient. The deep balls are easier to get off, that type of thing. And the next guy says, boy, I can go here and hand the ball off and not as much as ask for on me because you're not going to get my home. I mean, you're not asking for, you're not going to trade for Mahomes or Watson or somebody like that that's just going to put the world on his shoulders. You're going to need to create an environment for him. Absolutely. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You've been listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We want to thank uh, you for doing so. We want to thank Jacob Breck for keeping us on the air throughout this uh, whole portion. And uh, that's going to do it for this show. Uh, we'll be right back with more. The follow You can follow us here. Uh, we got lots of shows uh, lining up day after day after day. Uh, not just us, but uh, uh, Wes Euler and Arthur Motes. There's a weekend show. There's all kinds of stuff going on here. Again, subscribe to the uh Subscribe to the podcast uh, uh, or our podcast on the network, wherever you can download your podcasts. Uh, But uh, that's going to do it for this one. Thanks for listening. I'm Dale Lally.